Hey, isn't it awesome? You can just stop that countdown like that. Because you're doing it right from your chair. You're going 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 5, 5. What's happened? I told him to stop it because I needed to verify a couple things. It's great to see you guys this morning. I just need to pause and just take a breath. I came in from Arkansas this morning at 1.30. And uh, that whole state was rejoicing. I don't know why, but they were. And, uh, well, some of you know why. I was told Arkansas won yesterday. So I was at a wedding up in Arkansas this weekend. My nephew got married. And um, so I was actually going toward Arkansas. And all the Arkansas fans were going to Auburn. And my understanding is Arkansas fans stayed till the end of the game yesterday. Um, but anyway, my nephew got married, and I got back this morning at 1.30 and went to the Hoover Jail this morning and spoke to some inmates. It was a wonderful time. Typically, we only have about four or five that actually come. They, they can make a choice whether or not to come to chapel. Today, we had 13. So it's, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag. You go, well, I'm glad they showed up, but I'm sorry they're there, right? I mean, that's a difficult thing, but... The Lord just changed my message. I got up there and I had something planned for him because I only get to see him about four or five times a year. But um, the Lord's like, Thad, you better share the gospel with these guys because you hadn't seen about ten of them ever in your life. And so that's what he did. And I'm just thankful that I have the Holy Spirit in my life and that he lives in me. And he just he gives me the message. I've got the message. I'm ready to tell people about the gospel of Christ. It was just wonderful. And so I, I know you pray for Bill White and that ministry, and I would ask that you'd continue to do that because it is a wonderful ministry. And he has such a, he and Debbie both have such a personal story because of Brian and just a, uh, just a connection there uh, with those inmates. And so we are just so thankful uh, for their uh, ministry. It's good to see you today. When I miss a Sunday, it's like, man, I hadn't seen my family in a while. And it's really good to see you this morning. Um, if you're visiting with us today, this is really a good day for you to be here because we're, we're doing our church conference today. And, you know, a lot of churches have business meetings, um, and that's fine and wonderful for them. But we have church conferences. And our conferences um, are centered in on what the Lord Jesus Christ is doing in the life of his church. Okay? And so um, there are a lot of different things that go on here at Grace that you need to know about. Um, and we want to keep you informed about those ministries. And this morning, uh, we have a special um, speaker. He's a little taller than I am. He's about six foot something five. Are you six five, David? Wow, how is that? Is that nice? I mean, it's, that's just awesome. I played basketball in college. I wanted to be about six foot, and I never got to that. But um, that's why you, ra- you raised this thing, didn't you, this morning? Because I let it all the way down. <laughs> that way I can see you guys. So, um, but Dave's going to tell us a little bit about uh, his ministry that he and Brenda have and hunting for Christ and how the Lord's uh, working uh, in their ministry. So I trust that you'll look forward to every single person that stands up here. I'm going to tell you who they are right now. That way... You'll know, but I'm not going to call every single one of them up as they um, have opportunities to share. They'll just follow one another. But we'll hear this morning, first of all, from uh, Eddie Bradley, who's over 
our missions, um, I say department. I think I got that from Dr. Hughley. Missions department, our missions uh, ministry here at, uh, at Grace. And so he's going to share a little bit about that. And then Tom Reed will come and share with us about the financial piece of what's going on here at Grace with our finances. We can say this, the Lord is so good, he paid off our building this year. Um, praise the Lord. Um, and then we get to hear from our children's uh, uh, director, Andrea Stovall. And uh, I wore my vest today uh, for Awana. Approved workmen are not ashamed. And it's a wonderful ministry. And she's going to share with us about that in a little bit. And then um, Chris Laughlin, who um, is the liaison for the youth ministry, the 412 ministry. He's my brother. That goes back a long way. He's not really my brother. He is my brother, but he's not my brother. He's a whole lot funnier than I am. Um, but anyway, so he's going to share with us about the youth ministry, and then I'll come back up uh, before David uh, speaks for just a few moments. So great to see you again. I hope you're ready to worship because this is worship. We're going to worship the Lord today. I've got just a brief little challenge for you. You know how that goes with pastors, a brief challenge. So um, a brief challenge for you at the end, and then we'll uh, close actually with our 412 ministry uh, students leading us in a couple of songs of worship. So I'd like for uh, you to stand, and we want to pray, and then you can sit back down when we're finished praying, and then Eddie's going to come and begin our conference for us. Father, thank you so, so much for who you are, and Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Father, this morning that we're able to assemble together, that we're able to talk about um, the things going on here at Grace in the church. We're thankful that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. And I thank you that um, we can look to Jesus for all the things that we need to consider uh, here on earth and here at Grace. I thank you for each one that's here with us this morning and... Um, for those who've been a part of Grace for a long time and those who've just maybe entered the building um, maybe just a few weeks, I just thank you for each one of them. And I pray, Father, this morning that um, what we do through the reporting of our ministries and how things are going here and then as we end with somewhat of a challenge for us to consider, I pray that, um, Lord, that you would be honored in everything, Father. And so we just commit our time to you and we pray all this in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. I know Thad wanted to see all of you above this podium, but my eyes aren't good enough to look down and read what I got to read. <laughs> Uh, well, good morning. Welcome to our, our uh, conference. Our, uh, what do we call it? Conference? No. Church conference. There we go. I get confused with that because I think of missions conference. Well, and just so you know, it's not missions department. Um, it's the missions committee. Not a big deal. Well, I wanted to just update you on what's been going on with missions uh, this past uh, year, um, I'm going to start out just giving you some numbers. Uh, we have we started the year with 38 different missionary families. 
One of them retired from full-time missions work, so we're now down to 37. And a second one, Gene Jordan, many of you may know, has also announced his own retirement uh, from Mission Aviation Fellowship. So that'll take us down to 36. We have uh, about three other missionaries that have put an application and interviewed with the committee that we hope to be able to bring on uh, very soon. We'll see. Um, so we now have 37 missionaries. They are aligned with 27 different missions agencies. They're serving in 13 different countries across the world with 23 of our missionaries actually serving here in the U.S. Some of them, many of them, had actually served in the field but came, but came home to work in the home office uh, in, in roles of mentoring and administration, that kind of thing. Um, I wanted to read to you just what some of these different ministries are. And I'm going to, some of them will be grouped together, but um, they've ranged from Bible translation and production of study materials for believers, uh, air transportation, like with Gene Jordan, for uh, delivering medical supplies or, or making ambulance runs for people that are injured far afield. Um, other air transport is involved with uh, transportation for youth camps, churches, and things like that, particularly in Alaska. And uh, we also have some of our missionaries are involved in church leadership training. Many, many of the pastors across the world in far places have had very little training. And that's one of the big jobs that some of our missionaries have taken on. We have church minister, camp ministries. We have church planting. We support some pastors. Uh, there's college ministry, teaching at Bible colleges. Uh, there's community outreach focuses. There's ministry to refugees, and there's been a lot of that in the past year, to refugees and to the military. Um, there's missions training and mentoring. Some of the agency act agencies have taken some of the missionaries that are pulling themselves out of the field back to the home office in order to mentor these applicants to become missionaries, and that's a big deal. Many of the applicants come in having no idea what they're facing. These people help them with that. We have uh, some people involved in media outreach production. We've got a couple of missionaries in that. And we've got a ministry here in town that ministers to women that are considering abortion. There are other things that are involved, and I didn't name every one of them, but wanted to give you an idea of what we're supporting that the Lord is doing uh, through our missions program. Next, I wanted to talk to you about finances a little bit. You've gotten the financial report there, and I saw the amount that had gone to missions, and it was a little more than I had calculated on my own, but that's great. Um, God has used your generous contributions to faithfully support missions. There have been months where we were short on the amount that we needed to mail out to our missionaries. And we didn't know what would happen, but the Lord provided. He always does. We've never come up and not been able to meet the commitments that we've made for that. Um, that statement showed an annual budget of 190-something thousand dollars. I came up with 162. That's okay. If there's extra money in there, I'm sure we used it. Um, our monthly commitments are $11,525 right now 
and that goes to our 37 different ministries, missionary ministries. The additional 20 plus thousand dollars, we, we wonder why the Lord brings that in. Well, missions committee understands that. We frequently will get several thousand extra to show up one month. And we now say, okay, Lord, where do you want us to spend it? And something comes up. There are always special needs that the missionaries have. They have no other way to meet other than support that God brings in through uh, their supporters, us included. Um, if you think about the financial times that we're in now, everybody understands it's a crunch. And I'll tell you that in the field, it's a much larger crunch. They have no way to make up the difference. Typically, they're not allowed to work in, in the foreign countries and to earn an income. So they have to trust the Lord uh, for those needs. And that's where those special funds come in. Those extra funds that we receive always go out. Um, we want to be sure that we don't hang on to that money. My mind on finances is stay a month ahead. Well, it doesn't work that way. That's holding back money that the Lord has given you to use. And that's the way we think about it. We want the money the Lord brings in to pass through our hands to his ministry and not stay with us. Some of the special needs, um, I'm going to list those. Um, some of our missionaries have had to make emergency travel, family issues at home, medical needs in the field, and that kind of thing. So there's emergency travel and medical needs. And I'll come back to the medical needs in just a moment. Many of the, many of the ministries that they have out there now, the boards require them to have uh, uh, a ministry fund that they use for the ministries that they're doing, whether that's putting on conferences, whether that's meeting food needs or financial needs of others, whatever it might be. And many of them have had shortfalls in those ministry funds, and their um, boards have told them they need to do something to raise those funds back up because what it's doing is taking away from their personal funds or taking away from the board funds uh, to make up the difference. So that's one of the things that we've been able to send several thousand dollars to to help them get their ministry funds back up. We've also sent... Uh, funds, extra funds when we found out that relief was needed, like if you remember the Ukraine uh, months ago was a big issue. It still is. But we sent money in, in relief efforts. Uh, we sent money in support for pastors living in very depressed economic countries. Uh, and we may have told you about this, but in Guatemala, some of the pastors there have been just devastated. Uh, because of natural disasters and because of the COVID and, and the economy, um, they've not been able to make, uh, have the money that they need to even feed their families. And when they go looking for help in country, people say, well, you're a pastor of a church. You've got what you need. Well, they don't because their, their congregants also are very, very depressed financially. So we've been able to send money for that. Um, Going back to the, the medical needs, I want to remind you of, of our missionary in Australia, Martin and Rose Ebel. Martin is dying of brain cancer. Um, we've sent money. They've had to make extensive travel to get treatment. 
they kind of live in an aboriginal village far away from anything. And he is frankly now, we, we're not even sure if he's still alive. He's been so bad. Um, but he, he's just been put on palliative care just to make him as comfortable as possible until he dies. So we've been able to uh, send money to them to help with their transportation, with the medical costs, and just to allow them a little cushion um, so that they're not scrambling with that while they're dealing with his dying at this time. So please pray for Martin uh, as you think of him. Anyway, the Lord has blessed us financially in ways I can't understand. All during COVID. Oh, I'm getting signals back there from David. Um, if, you, if you don't know it, all of our missions funds, all of our missions contributions have to be done by you specifically for missions. You can do it online or you can use the envelopes that you see in the seats there. Just mark, if you want to give something to missions, mark it as for missions. Otherwise, we don't get it. But the Lord's been faithful, and so have you. Um, I'll just review a little bit. If you remember the conference we had last year, we had a lot of videos. We were able to start showing videos of our missionaries and what they're doing. Just little five-minute clips uh, to let us know and be encouraged by what the Lord's doing through them. We had um, eight live speakers. One of them was by Zoom from Alaska. And we had seven videos that we, we were able to use also. Um, uh, at the conference, we also had a church-wide lunch on one Sunday afternoon. And if you remember the movie, Sabina, Tortured for Christ, we watched that one Sunday evening. In addition to these conference missionaries, we've We've been able to, we were able to see at that time, we've also had visits from a couple of different missionaries. If you remember in, back in May, Mark and Cindy Irwin came from Germany. Their ministry has been primarily uh, towards the, um, the refugees coming, the Persian refugees coming from Iran, Iraq, and those places in Afghanistan and flooding into Germany. And so they focused a lot on that and uh, able to provide comfort, help supply needs, and um, uh, present them with the gospel and the hope that we have for forgiveness and eternal life with God. And then in August, uh, we, if you remember, we had our French family come in, uh, the Birches, Brandon and Michelle. They were here in August and shared with us about their ministry and how they're excited about this new home that they bought that has an old button factory on it. And they're renovating the button factory, trying to make it a cultural center to get the community to come in and they can then interface with them with the good news of the gospel and supply uh, God's comfort and love to them. Okay, last, uh, I just ask that you pray uh, for missions that the Lord tell you and then indicate to you what you should be doing to participate in missions. You can join us through contributions. You could join the missions committee and see what's going on there and how you could contribute. And uh, you can always pray uh, for missions. Lastly, something I would ask you to pray for also is our desire to reestablish our short-term trips. We've been working on it, but it's been a struggle. Uh, just to get people together to talk about it. 
what we want to do this round, and I'll tell you, we're, we're trying to do, uh, as, as my brother David Nichols says, practice intentionality uh, in our mission, short-term missions trip. We would love to find out those of you that would like to go on a short-term trip and let us know what your abilities are, what your unique talents are, um, whether it's music, whether it's sports, whatever it might be that God could use on the field to attract attention with our missionaries and support them in reaching out into their communities. Um, please contact us. We would love to find people that would like to go. We're trying to set these up and hope to have them ready to go sometime next year. Um, so let us know if you're interested. If the Lord's moving you that way, we have had uh, some members from this body go on short-term trips and come back and eventually end up in full-time ministry in missions. So we appreciate that. Pray for missions, please. Um, oh, also, if you want to go on these short-term trips, if you've never been before, we are offering scholarships to help defer the costs of that. So that, that needs not be an issue. So we invite you to that. Um, it's exciting to hear about our missionaries and what they've been doing. Uh, we're planning uh, for the upcoming conference already, and uh, we're going to kind of use the same format we'll ha where we will have uh, in-person in speakers as well as videos, hopefully, to share with what God is doing through missions. Thank you. I'll be going over our financial report. Uh, it's um, a 12-month report beginning uh, October of last year and going through September 30th of this year. Uh, if you don't have a uh, sheet, we can, we can pass one out. Uh, just raise your hand and make sure everyone has a copy. Bill, down front. <clears throat> on October the 1st of uh, last year, we had uh, $32,942 in checking account. Receipts for uh, the year general fund was $593,807. Missions, uh, $184,766. Building fund, $210,368. Benevolence, 1,125. Designated receipts, 7,253. And I might say designated receipts are anything where, uh, for instance, like shoeboxes, uh, ladies and men's uh, ministries, Awana, that sort of thing, where some, uh, money was designated for that. Uh, children's ministry, 3,139. Youth, 5,180 for total contributions of um, 1,005,638. Uh, disbursements, uh, I won't go through each one of these, but I will highlight uh, a few. Uh, building loan payment, as Thad mentioned, that the, the building loan was paid off 
thanks to your tremendous support on that, and that's a no small feat that we were able to get that $900,000 loan paid off. So that's one line item that we won't be seeing anymore. Um, benevolence, so uh, uh, the difference between benevolence and charitable contributions, benevolence is uh, individual gifts to families or uh, individuals in, in meeting particular needs there. Uh, charitable contributions are to missions organizations. We had two last year. One, if you'll remember, there was a Ukraine relief fund, and also we uh, gave $1,500 to the Christian service mission here in, in town. Uh, missions, I'd like to kind of highlight that. That 194144 is uh, one, uh, about uh, 19% of what total contributions were. So that means that uh, one out of every $5 that comes in for contributions is dedicated to missions. And I will mention that it is dedicated. Uh, there is no budget item for missions. Missions is dependent totally, just as Eddie uh, mentioned, it's dependent totally on designated funds throughout the year. So they're really trusting in the Lord each month to meet that obligations that they have. Um, one observation that I'll share with you that came out in the uh, elder deacon meeting talking about the missions and that 19%, that as far as congregation support for missions, that's really on the low end because a lot of people in the congregation um, do, uh, contribute directly to mission programs and individual missionaries. So from congregation participation in missions, up to 19% is really on the low end. Um, at the end of the year, we had $44,384 in the checking account and $146,011 in a savings account, which is a, a tremendous report, I think, as far as the mission's strength of the, uh, or the financial strength of the church is. Um, I'll be available after the service if any particular questions, and uh, I'll be glad to answer those. Thank you. I meant to give you a picture of a cowboy riding a horse and herding cats because that's really what children's ministry is. But I want to share a story. Uh, after church one day, little Johnny tells his parents he has to go talk to the pastor right away. They agree, and the pastor greets the family. Pastor, I heard you say today that our bodies come from the dust. That's right, Johnny, I did. And I heard you say that when we die, our bodies go back to dust. Yes, I'm glad you were listening. The pastor replies, why do you ask? Little Johnny says, well, you better come over to my house right away and look under my bed because there's someone either coming or going. <laughs> Kids do say the darndest things. So um, my name is Andrea Stovall, if you don't know me. I'm, I'm always located in the children's building behind the check-in desk, um, keeping watch over the kids and making sure everybody gets checked in. Today, uh, the weather has affected our Wi-Fi, so I think everybody made it and left like they were supposed to. 
Um, I'm in my 16th year working for the church, uh, but I've been in ministry with children since age 11, so that's about 36 years. I'll let y'all do the math. Tom could probably get it to you quicker than I could. Um, Back in 2020, COVID did affect um, the numbers in our ministry. Uh, We did shut down for a while. And between March and April, March 2020, April 2021, I wanted to try to keep the kids connected. Because when you're disconnected, you tend to lose interest in what you were connected with. You kind of forget about it. So I made around 300 videos between Sunday school and each Awana group videos with puppets. And, man, I pulled out everything I could to try to keep the connect with the parents and the children. Um, But God is greater than numbers. So um, if you dwell on numbers, you tend to lose focus on why you're doing what you're doing. So we've tried to keep focus on that the purpose of our children's ministry here is to share the love of Jesus Christ and the salvation story and how the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation speaks to that. So today I'm just going to briefly go over all the ministries um, and all the different facets of our children's ministry here at Grace. Um, First off is Awana. It's our midweek Wednesday program, and it is one of our bigger um, outreach programs here at the church. We do have a good many visitors, even with our numbers dropping a little bit this year. um, We do see a greater number of visitors this year. And if you're not sure what Awana is, it's a Bible memorization program. It's been around a really long time, and I love it. It is just straight scripture memorization. And each child will work through a book with a listener, and they get a lesson every week. And I teach once a month, and this year we're looking at um, Lee Strobel. He was an atheist, and he came to know Christ through investigating the Bible. And so he wrote a book, Case for Christ for Kids. And so we're being detectives this year. Every one I have a theme for the year, and so this year is being detectives and looking at the scripture and looking at the facts of the Bible to prove that Jesus really was who he said he was. So this year we have two groups in Awana. We have Sparks, and they are K-5 through second grade. And if you're one of the elder groups in here, do not do what we do on Wednesday night, but TNT is third through sixth grade. They have this screaming thing they do when I say TNT. So they are the third through sixth graders, and each group has um, different books. Sparks is a little more simpler the books get a little harder. Uh, you learn more memorization in the TNT. And so we do that each week. We start with music. Uh, we have teaching time, whether I'm teaching the other weeks, they go to their classes, the teacher teaches. And then they have 30 minutes of game time and then 30 minutes of just scripture memorization. And I just want to mention my wonderful Awana workers. It would not be possible without them. And believe it or not, you are never too old to work with children because 90, about 95% of my Awana workers are over the age of 60. So I appreciate them so much, and they are faithful to be here every week. And um, I think kids can learn from all ages of adults. The other week, Bob Ambrosia shared with the older boys about his life in ministry. And I'm like, they need to hear from someone in their 80s who has dedicated his entire life to Christ. So I was thankful that he was able to do that for them. Um, We also have a children's church program that meets every Sunday except the fourth Sunday of every month. And we, 
I just usually build on top of what they're learning in Sunday school. I use different curriculum for that. So we'll go through some. Right now we're just going straight to scripture, and we're studying about who God is and how you can serve the Lord. And so we just go straight to scripture. We have a lesson, and then we'll play because sometimes it is you got to have fun. Kids have a short attention span too, so we, we mix it up. Um, every summer, we have two big programs, our VBS, which is always in June, and then we do a kids' camp in July. And that they're both, um, VBS is four nights, and then kids' camp is Monday through Saturday. It's a sleepover camp. And they are both uh, great outreach programs as well, as well, because we have a lot of kids here invite their friends. And uh, both VBS and kids' camp is entrenched in Scripture, it's um, theologically sound, and they are going to have fun, but they are also going to learn some really good scripture, and the salvation message is always presented. So then during the summer, we have fun days. We'll have water theme day here. Um, this past year, I took them to a drive through safari where the animals literally stuck their head in the little wagon, and you fed them out of a bucket. If you were a kid and went on that with me, raise your hand. Okay. My, hey, you're a you're a big kid. It was fun, but it was intimidating when one of those Watusi cattle with the 10-foot horn span sticks his head right in there to eat from the bucket. That was fun. And then we hunted shark teeth at a creek down in, never heard of the town, Alabama. Um, and it was, we had a great time. So we, I call them fun days. They're usually on a Monday, so they're our Monday fun days. And um, I want to end with Sunday school. Growing up, I was at church. I, I was blessed to grow up in a godly home. Um, I was saved at a young age of eight, um, not from any um, thing other than our pastor talked about sin. And I went home that night, and I talked to my mom about sin, and I prayed to receive Christ as my Savior. There was no, um, it was very direct and precise, and um, I've always remembered that, and I got baptized. And I remember, I don't remember all my Sunday school teachers, but I remember being in Sunday school every week and just the investment the ladies made in my life teaching me the Bible stories. And that's what Sunday school is. I asked David the other week, do you build a house and start with the roof? David, do you? <laughs> no, it'd be really hard to build a house starting with the roof. You start with the foundation, right? And that foundation has to be strong to hold up what you're putting on top of it. So... I received a really good foundation of the Bible, the true stories in the Bible. I'm pretty sure that just the highlighted stories were hit because as I've grown, I've learned more stories. But I want to say that our children's Sunday school here, they cover Genesis to Revelation. And you're hearing about Nehemiah's wall and not just Jonah and Moses, all the big ones, but you're hearing about Nehemiah. You're learning about the judges um, it is fully covered. So it is a really good foundation here at Grace. And my teachers are so faithful. Denise, I'm put you on the spot. How many years have you been teaching Sunday school? Is it only that few? I was thinking it was more than that. Denise had children who grew up and had their own children, and she now has their children. So that's how long Denise Gardner's been teaching third and fourth grade Sunday school. So just the testimony of the faithful Sunday school teachers, and they are going to share that biblical truth and that good foundation. And as your kids age, they're going to build on what they've learned in Sunday school and at church in Awana. 
And so as I leave you today, I would just encourage you. I know children are not for everybody. Some people don't like their own kids, but other people's kids, um, it's difficult. But if you ever have any questions about children's ministry or if you wonder what goes on on Wednesday night, come and just watch. It is crazy fun, and I love it. Uh, My brain still thinks I'm a kid, but my body's starting to tell me that I'm not. And so I have to, at camp, I can't fling myself down a water uh, tarp on the ground anymore. I dislocated a shoulder. Well, I did something to my shoulder one year, and I said, oh, I can't do that anymore. But I love children. They are a blessing from the Lord. And I see them as our very own mission field at this church because they're not born saved just because the mom and dad are saved. They have to come to their own knowledge of the saving faith of Jesus Christ. So if you have any questions, you can find me after church. And if you're second grade and under, you can follow me out to Children's Church because that's where I'm headed next. Well, good morning. Um, Thad and my wife asked me to keep this kind of brief. They say I get up here and talk about people and make fun of them. I've never done that, okay? Um, with that said, Cindy DeArmond, where are you? I've got some things to talk about. Oh, and by the way, Andrea was just telling me you actually taught kindergarten to her great-grandparents. Is that true? Not her great-grandparents. Oh, okay. I got to wondering. So I'm here to talk about the youth ministry here, 412 Youth Ministry here at Grace. Um, I'm, I just I threw together a few slides to help you understand a little bit about the youth ministry. First and foremost, we, you know, I've shared this next slide here before here at the other when we were at the other building, and it was kind of give you an insight to some of the lessons we teach. Because is this is this not on? Right? It's my fault. It's my fault. Stop. That is not nice to say. One of the things we like to talk, you know, we like to share and make sure they understand what's right and wrong. So, for example. This is something to understand. You all need to understand this. Is it biblical? I, I, I think maybe. Is it, is it required for salvation? No, it's not. Is, is it required for a healthy marriage? Yes. I found that out early in my marriage. So that, these are important lessons for your students. And you're probably asking, uh, what's the chemistry like in the youth ministry? So thank you for asking, Tommy. I appreciate that. Well, a typical Wednesday, we average about 36 students. Typical Wednesday. We've got nine leaders, two interns. So if you're thinking, that's, that's a lot of leadership for that many teenagers. Well, you obviously don't know teenagers because we need a lot of help. But that's a typical Wednesday. And, and similar to Andrea, if you're wondering what's a Wednesday like, it is like herding cats. Now, if you can read that fine print, it says, there's no feeling in the world like it. And I can't describe it. It's somewhere between that first moment you see your newborn baby and that first moment you just realized you ate some bad sushi. It's somewhere in between that. But there's no feeling like it. And here's here's an example of a Wednesday night. It's scary. You've got to be on your toes. You've got to know what's... You've got to be prepared for Wednesday nights. So this, this is actual footage from a Wednesday night. Here's where our Wednesday nights kind of consist of. We've got a pretty even mix of guys and girls. It's pretty balanced. Homeschool versus public school. We've got a little bit of both. Pretty, pretty balanced is here. You know, shout out to the homeschoolers. They took the lead. They don't give me shout outs, so I need to give them shout outs. 
GCC students versus other students. We've got about an 80-20 mix. So that 20%, it probably comes from Awana, from the students that come through Awana. So that, that Awana program feeds right into our youth ministry. And then we've got some students that just invite other students. So, so it's really, it's a good way for us to grow. So it, although it's an 80% strong, so if you looked around today, you would see a lot of those students sitting here. I would not suggest it because they're scared. <laughs> um, one final one, I thought it's worth showing, abnormal versus normal. Um, that's a little skewed, okay? I think 1% is a little high for normal teenagers. And, and technically, the term normal, normal teenager is what we call an oxymoron. There's no such thing. And Connor's in the back. He's like, did you just call me a moron? I did not just call you a moron. I did earlier, yes. And I will later, sure. I did not just call you a moron. So if you're wondering what our goals are for the youth ministry, well, you're probably saying, well, it's to make fun of the students. That's what we call a personal goal, okay? Personal goal. It's not a ministry goal. A ministry goal, here's three that are high on our list, and these are real goals. I mean, first and foremost, it's to glorify and serve the Lord. That is, that's why we're all created, not just for youth ministry. It's why we are created. Um, secondly, we want a place for spiritual growth for those students. And thirdly, fellowship with believers. Iron sharpens iron. It's biblical. So those, those are three primary goals for the youth ministry, not a personal goal. So I, if I had a soapbox, I would get on it because I want to give you all a challenge. I know there's a challenge mentioned earlier. So this is a youth ministry challenge to you all out there, not for the students, but for you parents, grandparents, aunts, and uncles. If you look at this chart, and I made it up, so don't come to me later and say, well, this is not my kid. This is not how they spend their time. It's to, excuse me. It is to get you to think, how do your students spend their time? I mean, they're obviously going to sleep. Some of them more or less. Weekends, a lot more. They got school, homeschoolers. Maybe that number is five or ten hours a week. I don't know. I, mean, I love anybody that can get up at ten and be done at school at 1030. But the point is... You got school, you got work, activities, hobbies. If you look, church, that's way down the list. Okay, and you can say, well, it's Sunday morning, it's Sunday at church, it's Wednesday evenings. But it doesn't matter how you cook it, the, the number's low as far as their weekly hours, how they're spending it at church. And then I highlighted the bottom one, which is other, with question marks. So do you know how your student is spending their time? I think it's a big question. Because in the world today, you see all of these young adults and teenagers and the trouble they're getting into. So I hope you know how your, their, your student is spending their time, whether it's what are, they, what are they doing with friends, who are their friends, what are they watching on TV, what are they reading, what games are they playing, what movies, all of those things. They're all important because in 5, 10, 15 years, don't look back and say, why is my kid having these problems? And then say, well, I did everything I can. I washed my hands. I took them to church. I took them to school. It's not my fault. And, and I'm not saying it is. I'm saying be aware so that you're not down the road and wondering what happened to those students. Be, you have to be purposeful. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you have to be purposeful in knowing what's going on. You be responsible for your students. You cannot, it is not your responsibility to you can't make them be saved. That is not you to do. But you can be responsible and make sure what their life involves are godly things. 
So that's my challenge to you. Make sure you know that they're running around with the right crew, that they're reading and watching and doing the right things. All right, let me get off my soapbox. I have got one last thing to share with you. And I want, oh man, I, I clicked that button so hard it went too far. Can you back me up and I'll just leave it alone? <clears throat> and it's to be on the lookout. <clears throat> right? Uh, and I know you parents that have sent, you came to the parent meeting, you've seen this. That's because this is my favorite picture of all times. I use it anytime I can. Uh, and if you're wondering what to be on the lookout for, it is fundraisers. The youth will be having fundraisers, and they'll go, oh, not another fundraiser. We, we haven't done them in a while, but our intent is to do some fundraisers. And despite my many, many, many requests to the elders, they have never approved us to use the money for fundraisers to send the youth leaders to Hawaii. Never been approved, still working on it. All the money we, do, we get from fundraisers is, uh, goes to the trips, okay? It's to reduce costs for trips so that, we can, so that, that the cost of a trip does not hinder any student from going on a trip. So if you're wondering why we, what, why we do it, it's to help with those costs. But we want you to understand you do not have to participate in any of the fundraisers, or you can participate in all of them. We, we don't care. We're, we're just putting it out there because folks like some of these things. And so if it makes sense for us to do it, that's what we do. And we're going to have those things out there. If you see them, our, our hope is that you don't go, you know, oh, not another fundraiser. Our hope is, hey, hey, another fundraiser. Feel free to participate in all of them or none of them. It's, not, it's, not, it's no big deal. We just want you to be aware and be on the lookout. Um, and if you have great ideas on fundraisers, feel free to come see one of us youth leaders. And, and I... I want to thank you in advance for your willingness to manage that entire fundraiser yourself as, as, we, as we do them. So I appreciate that effort. But if you do have uh, questions, feel free after the service to ask that, okay? All right, thanks. Stop. 
I knew when I saw Chris Lofton on there. You know, more, normally they have the warm-up guy come up first and have the best for last. And I thought, I've got to come up behind that guy. This is going to be terrible. So, but anyway, um, it's no surprise to me why this church is blessed. If y'all listen to Andrea, she said scripture, I don't know how many times. Scripture. From Genesis to Revelation. So that's what our kids are learning. And... Every time you're here, you hear the Word of God. That's foreign to this country now. Most of you know us and what we do, and that pretty much tells a lot of it. But I want you all to know first that what goes on under those tents 
is more important than what goes on with those bows. That's just an attractive to get them interested in it. And then they are shared the gospel underneath there with the volunteers that we have here that have helped. And I can't thank them enough. But I want to give all of you a, a, just an update on how we actually got started. When I met Brenda 49 years ago, now she says she wasn't born yet, but she was. She was 12 and I was 14 and we were on the beach. And uh, she said, what do, you, what do you want to do with your life? And I said, well, I'd like to be a forest ranger or something outside, you know. And she said she wanted to be a missionary. And when she said that, I didn't say anything, but I thought, man, what a waste of time. I mean, they don't get paid well, and I'll change her mind by the time we get married. God took that challenge, you know, so he made me a missionary and then pulled her along with us at the perfect time. But um, when I was 11, I became a disciple to my dad with hunting and archery. You're a disciple to something. I don't know what it is, but God wasn't my, my, he wasn't what my goal was back then. It was, uh, I wanted to be the best I could at archery, and I wanted to hunt like my dad, and I got really good at archery, um, shot Olympic archery, uh, NFAA for years, and then started hunting with my dad and got really good at that. But who would have ever thought that God would take what you're that passionate about and at one time, I thought he was going to take it away from me because it was everything to me. But God doesn't do that. He gives you these gifts. He wants you to have that passion for him that you have for that. So I surrendered back in 2013. This will be our 10th year coming up. It's really special to us. But I surrendered to, at the time, I thought, well, Lord, I don't even care for kids. You know, but he knew that was not right, and I thought, well, what am I going to do? And and Brenda asked at the time, well, I don't know anything about hunting, and I shoot a little bit. Where is my place in this? Well, during our first classes, when that first child accepted Christ and we watched him be baptized, she realized, hey, that's where the meat is there. I'm just an attractant, and archery is just an attractant. So anyway, we... Uh, we, we're a 501c3, so that, what that means is anything that comes into us directly goes to ministry. I still have a job, so that doesn't help us, you know, in, in what we do in, as far as living. It goes directly into ministry. Anything we need as far as the archery, the materials, the uh, gas to go back and forth, and, and uh, that kind of thing. Um, yesterday we had an event out at uh, Fishers of Men Farm in Asheville. We had First Baptist Trustful show up and uh, come out, and we had 50 kids there, including adults, and uh, uh, shot the bows and arrows with them there. They were shared the gospel up at the barn, so we didn't have part in that. We just shared with the archery. Next Saturday, we go to these crazy missionaries' place. You know Luke and Naomi. They, we go out to Possum Snout Arena is where we're going. And she always gathers up a bunch of kids. And, man, it's one of my most favorite times because she's so organized, and Luke's not. Luke walks around, and he's like, hey, man, it's going pretty good. And you know he had nothing to do with it. And Naomi's got her paper going, okay, this is how it goes. You know, we got another group's coming now, and they're on the horses over here, so you need to go. 
If you would like to go there and help us, feel free, but I have, uh, I have some tremendous help going with me. Uh, I was asked at lunch yesterday after the event to give a shout-out, and I told uh, Calvin Overton I don't do that. So, Calvin, I can't give you a shout-out because I'm at the pulpit, but Calvin, thank you very much <laughs> if he's watching. But, I mean, we have them from youth up to adults that help uh, part of our family. Uh, helps me. He looks for any place he can fit in with ministry. You saw him in the video there, uh, but Roger Roden and his wife Wanda really help out a lot. And then there's so many ladies in here. I just can't point them all out. You saw some of them on there, but they just can't wait for a time to go and share. I listened to Ann one time, and I just I wanted to give my life to the Lord again when I heard her. You know, I just walked by. And said, yes, yes, I will. But anyway, so far this year. I don't really keep a lot of numbers, but I do know of that seen the fruit of it, that 13 youth, uh, three teenagers, and two adults have come to know the Lord, and, and they're actively serving, and it's just been a blessing to see that and to know that God works through this ministry of just shooting an arrow. Now, I should have known years ago that I was going to be an evangelist because I had the hair. They said, you have evangelist hair, <laughs> and I didn't know what that meant until I looked, and I was like, well, I do. Chris, you don't have that, so I've got that over on Chris. But I've got this, Thad, don't worry. But uh, anyway, the events that we've had, I just want to catch you up, because we don't make a lot of it public. We went to uh, Oktoberfest in Moody, had over 300 kids come through that day. And then we uh, had an event the next weekend, it's called Levi and Friends. And my heart really goes towards special needs kids. And and we had those kids there with Down syndrome. And those kids have been told no their whole life. They don't get told no here because I will get up there. Brenda gets up there with them. We'll help them pull the bow. We'll let them shoot. And just to see their face. And to learn, you can learn from them more about loving others more than themselves than you ever know. You get a hug from one of them, you've been hugged. And one of my little buddies is Levi. You've seen him in the video there. He's Eddie Adams and Deidre Adams, a little boy, and when he was born, uh, multiple problems, but they were the, we were the only ones they trusted to even take care of him. But now, if he hears I'm there, like yesterday, they were going somewhere, and he heard I was there, he came down and couldn't wait. Now he's 40 pounds, and I'm carrying him. And You know, I had both knees replaced in 2020 at the same time, so Eddie was my physical therapist, and he saw me limping. He's like, brother, why are you limping? I said, he weighs 40 pounds. It's not my knees. It's just him, you know. So anyway, uh, y'all just don't know the blessing that it is to be obedient and just go and do. You know, um, we're all missionaries. We're all, if you're born again believer, you're missionaries, and there's something that God wants you to do, and it, nothing's too small. Uh, we don't turn anything down. We never do because... Even, we even do birthday parties because there's souls there. It doesn't matter. We go in and we do that birthday party. But the best thing about it is that when they call and they ask, okay, what do you charge to do this? I tell them we don't charge. That's foreign to them. They, they've never heard that before. But we live in a foreign country because the one true God, that's foreign to a lot of people. Hell is foreign to a lot of people because it's not being taught in the churches. The truth is foreign to people. So they say, how can you do that? Well, I can do that because 
I go to a church and I have supporters that believe in us, that support us to where we can go and we can do these things. We have equipment to do it. We go as far in the United States as we can go. At one time I thought, well, it would be great to be, you know, my idols are Bob Ambrosius and Dean, <laughs> Dean Self. They really helped me uh, make this decision, you know, early on by challenging me with the answers they gave me. But that go to foreign fields to give their whole lives to it. But here is important because the kids that we see, they've been lied to. And also they've been told they, people care for them, but they don't. So the biggest thing was when I tell the helpers, I said, look, show them, love on them, show them you care, and don't lie to them. So we give them the truth, and boy, it just pumped me up when I heard Andrew talk, Scripture, Scripture, Genesis to Revelation, that's what we do. And we had more success this year with one-day classes because COVID really put a hitch in it. This next year, we're going to try and do uh, the Awafa classes again. Awafa stands for arrow with a purpose archery. It doesn't, that's not the sound it makes when it hits a deer. Awafa! Somebody said, is that, that what, no, that's not what that is. It, it's arrow with a purpose archery. And then in 2023 is our 10th year, so we would like to take every Sunday school, school class on a Sunday, and we want to go in and do uh, a hunting for Christ class in each class to where everybody can see what we do, even the adult classes. So we want to, starting in the spring, set that up to where we can start. First grade is a little young, but we'll still try first grade all the way through the adult senior classes. And uh, we have a new uh, bow here that's called a life bow, which is similar to the bracelets, but I really like the way they describe it. We, of course, have the upper limb, which is sin. It's black. And then we describe how that Jesus came and died. The most powerful part of the bow is your riser. That is where all the forgiveness in the bow is, is in that riser. So there's no wonder why it's red. So we tell them about the forgiveness that's in the riser. And then when you're cleansed, you're gripped. You get a grip on it, and your limbs is what holds it together. That's where you're washed clean as snow. The Holy Spirit is the blue and yellow. It's entwined with your life. And there's no power in this bow. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, it's not going to do anything until you pull it back and use it. So it has a beautiful story with the bow. The gold is heaven. It's always up here. The green cam, this adds power to the bow, which that's growth. Once you become a believer, discipleship, growth, it helps to give the extra power to that bow if you see it lobe over. Now, always we use as Jesus is the heir, it's the target to the world. That's part of uh, our sign, and uh, it's a golden arrow, and that's what we try and project. The main objective is to get everybody to, to know that Jesus is the only way. There's one true God, and Jesus is the only way. So I know I've only got a short amount of time, but... Um, the video I thought was more, it was important to be able to let you see hands-on. Uh, we have probably 30 events we've done this year. We've got a couple left. And then we rest a little bit until we get a phone call that we'll go do it. We, we don't turn anything down, like I said. So if you have any questions, we'll have a booth about here in the back. And we have plenty of envelopes. A lot of our supporters have been wanting envelopes. We have a lot of them stamped already. So, again, thank you all for supporting us. Thank you all for trusting in us to, uh, to present the gospel and bring God's 
word forward. Thank you all. David, and thank you to uh, everyone who participated. Is it working? Can you hear me? Is it on? It's on. So, Chris, did um, um, Amanda do your PowerPoint? You know, she does mine, too, and I don't have graphics like that on mine. Um, <laughs> thank the Lord. <laughs> but uh, I don't. <laughs> I have to stand up here every week. So, um, But I do really appreciate uh, everyone who participated this morning, and we're so thankful. As you can see, I mean, this that's just a just a small taste of the overall ministry that takes place here at Grace. There are several other uh, parachurch ministries that go on, and our people participate or either head up the ministry, and we're so so grateful for them. I wanted to make mention. Um, I don't get to do this too often, so. I want to make mention of the staff the Lord's given me uh, here at Grace and how blessed I am. I will make mention that I do have help. We are looking for more help in the form of a student pastor slash associate that can come in and help me to do some of the work of the pastorate because there's a lot that's encompassed in that. As you can see, just from the youth itself with 39 students 36 I think was on the but there there are several students there between 35 and 40 almost weekly and um, there's so much to do uh, in the ministry it is very difficult for me to keep up with everybody and I will say quite honestly I cannot do that and um, when it comes to uh, those who are ill and those who are homebound it just it is it, it's so far beyond what I'm able to do as one individual, but the things that I am able that I am able to do, um, a lot of that first of all comes to the support of my wife. And I don't think that she is in here right now. She's left the building. I saw her working toward the children's building. So our kids are grown. So I don't know what she's doing over there. But anyway, she's probably laboring. If I know Teresa, um, I mean. I wouldn't be standing here today without Teresa. Obviously the Lord, but right in the center of that is Teresa. She is an excellent wife for a pastor. And um, if you haven't had the chance to get to know her, uh, she is a wonderful, wonderful believer. And that's the thing I admire most about her. Every morning at 5.30, she's sitting in her chair, and she is um, reading the Word and uh, having her time with the Lord. And um, I don't say that to you know, build her up in any prideful manner, but just I'm so thankful that I have a wife who's supportive of me and the things the Lord's called me to do in the ministry. But I have um, people here who already help, and I want to make mention of them. Um, uh, Amanda Laughlin, the one that's married to Chris. We can pray for Amanda. Uh, you've met Chris. If the, even if this was your first day, you're thinking she needs prayer. But um, Amanda is uh, my secretary, and this place functions a lot because of Amanda. If you don't know that, well, you will get to know that. She does so much for me, and I'm so thankful uh, that Chris allows her to be here to, to support us in the ministry here. And 
So uh, thank you, Amanda, for all that you do. You can wave your hand, everybody. See, well, you, everybody sees Chris, and they're like, okay. So um, you pray for for Amanda, and uh, you know, thank the Lord for her because she's absolutely wonderful at what she does. Uh, also, we uh, brought out of retirement Debbie White. Debbie was a long time in the office with us, and uh, when we thought we had someone coming, quite honestly, I'm just going to tell you how it is, I, I wanted to get her back in the office so that this young man would be able to be around somebody who knew the congregation well and who would be able to kind of assist him as he um, made his transition, and that did not quite work out like we thought, but that just means the Lord has somebody else for us. And, um, but she's still the right fit for whoever that person is that the Lord would lead us to have. And uh, so she does a tremendous job. She's here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I don't, mean, I don't think I mentioned this, but Amanda's here Monday, Wednesday, and Friday till noon. So if you come at 1145, Amanda's trying to get ready to go home. So just to let you guys know that, um, she does a, a tremendous job. Uh, Debbie does, and we really appreciate Amanda and Debbie for all they do. And then... Um, we have Shauna uh, Smith back there in the back. Shauna, raise, raise your hand. Ray, stand up, Shauna. Stand up, Shauna. Shauna's in the back, back there. Uh, there's Shauna. And Shauna is our financial secretary, and she does a wonderful job. Uh, we really appreciate all that she does and um, are so thankful for the Lord um, providing uh, us with Shauna. And she handles a lot of the financial things. And then, obviously, Tom is in there with, with her at times. And so we just want to thank the Lord for, for Shauna. And then, obviously, you met Andrea, and um, she's in there as well. And so there's four ladies in here a pretty good bit of the time. And I'll show up every once in a while. No, I'm here a pretty good bit. But um, they keep me in line. And um, between them and Teresa, it's pretty good. I guess the Lord knew I needed all that help. And uh, so I'm so, so thankful for all those that uh, serve here at Grace. Um, and thankful for each one that um, participates in the ministry uh, here. I wanted to make mention of just one verse. It's one of my favorite verses. It's in 1 Corinthians, and it's in the 12th chapter, in verse 18. It says, For God has placed each member in the body just as he purposed. You know, one of the things that may run through your mind, I don't know if it would necessarily, but it may run through your mind. I wonder if the Lord would ever have me be one to come up here and share a little bit about the ministry and what's going on. And, you know, uh, I'm sure, quite certain David didn't think 10 years ago or before that I'd be one standing up here sharing what the Lord's doing uh, in my life through ministry. But, hey, when you're a willing vessel, the Lord will use you in ways that you can't even anticipate yourself. And so, I would just encourage you to remember that verse is set in the context of spiritual gifts. So that every single member in the body of Christ, so if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're a member of the body of Christ, has a gift. And the Lord expects you to use that gift. You know, one of the saddest things to me is church attenders. People who just attend church. You might be offended at that. And I, I'm sorry if you are. But if you're just attending and you don't have the joy of ministry in your life, might I say you're missing out. 
Because the joy of the Christian life is just like it was put on the screen, I believe, by Chris, is serving the Lord. We not only want to glorify him, but we want to serve him. And so God has a place for you to serve. And whether that's within these walls as part of a member of the body of Christ or outside, I don't know. He knows that. And I would encourage you to be sensitive to where the Lord might want you to serve him. Because there is nothing like serving the Lord. On the one hand, it's very nerve-wracking because you don't know what you're getting into. But on the other hand, you can say, you know what, Lord, I'm trusting you. Just like this morning. I gave my life to the Lord years and years ago about serving him. I never envisioned for one moment when I was in my early 20s and late teens that I would be going to a jail with 13 inmates sitting there, literally captive, right, listening to the presentation of the gospel. If somebody said, that, that's an opportunity you're going to have, I said, you're crazy. Never going to do that. But that's, the, hey, that's what the Lord does. The Lord wants willing vessels. And so I trust that you'll take that little challenge uh, this morning and um, do something with that. Ask the Lord what he would have you to do. I wanted to just run through a few slides. This won't take long, but I think it's important to... Um, remind those of you that have been here for a period of time about our vision statement and our mission statement and our pillars here at Grace. Uh, the Bible tells us that the church exists to glorify the Lord. That's Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And so we need to glorify the Lord uh, in our bodies until He comes. And um, at Grace, our vision statement is knowing Christ and making Christ known. And you've heard this morning different ways that uh, you have opportunity to build that relationship you have with the Lord Jesus Christ. But then also making him known. We want to take the information that we learn and we want to pass it on. I mean, it is so biblical. Um, so as faithful believers, we want to pass on what the Lord is teaching us uh, and in our own lives. And then the mission statement here is being the hands and feet of Christ. And you've seen that illustrated today. Uh, that just means you're out there and you're, you're serving. Whatever capacity the Lord uh, would give you, whatever audience he would give you, uh, be the hands and the feet of Christ to not only the ones here in the body, uh, but outside of the body here at Grace. Uh, as you can see, the foundation of grace is the Lord Jesus Christ. The foundation of grace is not the elder board. It's not that blunt. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the foundation of the church. It is his church. These are the pillars of grace, and they were put together uh, many, many years. Uh, teaching, fellowship, prayer, missions, and discipleship. They all have connections, as you can see, on that slide to the scriptures. They're very, very biblical. Um, I wanted to just run through these scriptures with you briefly. All scriptures inspired by God. Look at this next part. And beneficial. Something's beneficial. You want it in your life, right? Well, the scriptures are beneficial for teaching, rebuke, even hard stuff, for correction, for training in righteousness. Why? So that the man of the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. Okay, so what equips us, according to this passage of Scripture, is the Word of God. 
All right, and then um, fellowship. Fellowship's critical within the body of Christ. Uh, Acts is a great book to kind of see how that, the genesis of that, where that started as the church began in Acts chapter 2. You can see that all the believers were together and all things in common. I understand that the community was different then, but I wonder what they would think of the setup now and how we do community. Be interesting to know. They would sell their property, possessions, share with them all to the extent that anyone had need. It says, day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house. They were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. And we live, as Dave said, in our country, we're in a different day now. Most people don't go to church most young people do not go to church. They're in their 20s and 30s. There's a large mission field right outside your front door. And so we need to pray for those that would come to Christ because it, there's nothing like being in an assembly of believers and fellowshipping with one another. Um, there's another aspect of fellowship. As we've been going through First John, this will be a reminder to you. What we have seen and heard, John says, we proclaim to you also, and he's there the context of the apostles, so that you too may have fellowship with us. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, and that's where it starts. Right? That vertical fellowship then leads to that horizontal uh, fellowship that we so need. And then prayer. And prayer is not an attachment. It's not at the end. It's not something, oh yeah, we got to pray. Um, it's dependence it's part of that daily relationship that we have with the lord i like the way paul puts it devote yourselves to prayer keeping alerted it with an attitude of thanksgiving so there's to be this devotion that we have as individual christians in our lives and that's part of who we are here at grace prayer takes place a lot in small groups i know that where the body's praying for one another in men's and women's groups as well um, so you guys just keep that on the forefront of your mind. In every one of our ministries, prayers to be a, a big part of that. I know for the elders and deacons, one of the things that we most enjoy, and I've heard the elders say it, and the deacons as well, is that initial time that we have that we start our meetings with, which typically take an hour to an hour and a half by the time we're discussing and praying, um, discussing the scriptures and praying. Um, so it's very, very essential for all of us uh, in the Christian life and here at Grace. Um, another passage there in terms of prayer, uh, pray without ceasing, and you've heard all the jokes about that, right? So um, don't don't close your eyes with, when you're driving and all that kind of thing. That the, the issue here though is the attitude of dependence that we never are to the point where we're like, hey Lord, I just don't need you in this situation, but we need the Lord all the time. So prayer and then we have missions and that was discussed today he said to them go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation pray for those opportunities that the lord would give you to represent him where you are in your context and then um, acts 1 8 but you receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and then he says you shall be my witnesses both in jerusalem judea samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth this is pre-church right before the church began they had not yet received the Holy Spirit indwelling them. And so, as David mentioned, the Spirit of the Lord in us 
is where the power comes from so that we can be missionaries uh, to others. Um, and then discipleship is a big part of our, uh, our um, process here at Grace. We believe that discipleship is critical, that once a person comes to Christ, they need to grow in their relationship to him. And that's the idea behind this command that the Lord gives. That not only were they to see people come to Christ, but when they did, they were to equip them. And notice what it says there, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, teaching them, teaching them to follow all that I commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Quick story on discipleship. Um, it's not old-fashioned to use the Word of God alone in discipleship. Um, I think I've told you this story, but very briefly, I was at a youth pastor's conference one time, and they went around the table. I happened to be the last one to introduce myself and tell them what I was teaching, and all the other guys were subject-oriented, every single one of them. There were 25 guys sitting around that table. I'm teaching on this subject, that subject. Nothing wrong with that. They said, what are you teaching? I said, teaching a book of the Bible. It's called Ephesians. And one guy literally looked across from me and he said, are you actually getting away with that? I said, yeah, yeah. I think, what? What are you talking about? So the Word of God is what people need, even though the culture would say different. Our, our kids need the Word of God, and we as adults do as well. Okay, and then I got this, um, I'm taking this class. I'm, I, I like taking classes. I'm taking another class, uh, and this class is Ecclesiology, Eschatology, Study of the Church and the End Times. And Dr. Fred Che, who's one of my favorite professors at Grace, I don't know where he got this chart. That's my question to him. I don't know if he made it or not, but it's on the bottom. His name's on the bottom, so I gave him credit. But I like the way he took Acts 2.42 and just kind of put right in the center the local church, the body of Christ, and then around it those key components. That they gave themselves over to uh, doctrine, teaching, fellowship, breaking of bread, prayer. And he, he kind of puts it in perspective in terms of doctrine. We teach doctrine to protect from error, fellowship to protect from coldness. We've seen that in the last two or three years. <laughs> Breaking of bread to protect from forgetting, um, and then prayer to protect from powerlessness. So that's, I thought it was a really good chart. just wanted to share that with you. You take a picture of it. Nowadays, you can just take pictures. So you can take a picture of that if you'd like to keep that. But just wanted to remind you guys this morning of, of who we are here at Grace. I know that was kind of a fire hydrant approach, but um, our time is getting away from us, and I wanted be able to give that to you this morning because Amanda had made that PowerPoint for me uh, this week and um, had fixed that last slide. It was a different color there. It was green, didn't show up well. So I appreciate your efforts there, Amanda, in making that available. I know for many of you in this room, that was a reminder, but for some of you, that's new. And so I trust that um, if you have any questions after the service, you can, can ask me. Another thing I'm excited to tell you, that picture right there. Uh, is on our website. Our, our, um, our website has been worked on, and it's not quite complete, but it looks a whole lot different than it did. went from archaic to new, 
And so um, I trust you'll have an opportunity. Listen, it's important you visit the website. One of the, about the only thing I understood that came from the meetings with the guy who worked on the website, it's important for members to visit the website. All right? It's important for you guys to look through what's going on and to keep up that way. So not only that, but you have to remember, this is kind of our, um, our finger to the community, our hands and feet to the community, because people look at, at this type of information. Josh was telling us that um, 20s and 30s, I mean, that's what they do. They go to websites, they click, and they're clicking a button, and they want immediate information. They're not clicking through four or five things. So we tried to make it PowerPoint, I mean PowerPoint. We tried to make it website-friendly. So I trust that you'll be able to check that out soon. When I spoke to Amanda this week, she said, we hope to have everything up and running sometime in November where everything's updated. Because some of the things you'll go through, you might, I don't know if we need that. Well, we're working on it. So just to let you know. I'm going to have a word of prayer, and then our 412 um, youth ministry is going to close us with a couple of worship songs, all right? Let's pray. Father, we just want to pause and thank you for the church. We thank you that we have the opportunity, if we are in Christ, to represent the Lord Jesus on a daily basis. I pray that we know our place that each one that's in this room today would consider being more than just an attender, but participate in the life of the body so that they would be able to impact others because that's how it works. That's how you set things up. And so I just pray that we would know our place and that we would be able to um, share with others, most importantly, uh, the good news of the gospel of Christ. And uh, all this I pray in your wonderful name. Amen. If you guys are seeing a worship with us this morning.
age of those guys, right? We really, really appreciate uh, the 412 ministry and the leadership that uh, these students have in leading worship every Wednesday night. It's a great, great time. So 
If you have a young person that fits in that age category, I encourage you to um, send them here. They're going to learn, and they're going to experience a great time of worship. I want to remind all the members here at Grace that your ballot is due today. I know we sent those to you by mail, but you'll need to turn those in today. And uh, so we really appreciate your participation in that. I trust the letter was... um, written well so that you're able to ascertain what you needed to do in turning in that ballot. So I trust you have a wonderful day and I know you're late to the restaurant. Um, It'll be okay. There is grace. Grace. God's grace. All right. You are dismissed.